Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Boston with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 70. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 74. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Man, what a show today. Scott Cohen, as if that weren't enough. Oh, Mr. Uh, Oh, there's ice forming on the outside of my cold drink at Fenway Park. Did you see that post over the weekend? He had frost on the outside of his glass. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's why you... Why you you buy a cold beer to stay cold? That's yeah. not a complaint. That's I, uh, that's that's that's, that's, uh, that's nature providing a koozie. I call that wide world Cohen problems. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also have, believe it or not, because this this thing is like never going to end. Another yeah. uh, keyword to cash coming what? up after eight o'clock. I know. When huh? is this thing over? Uh, keep doing this? It's it's coming. There will be a time when we're out of thousand dollar bills. All right, but that's uh, but uh, today. Another chance. So make sure you're listening after eight. I'll have you know that I did that on time both Thursday and Friday. Oh, well, someone wants to be a show off, huh? And I actually did it uh, at the exact time it was supposed to be read. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, la di da. Yeah. And you know what? Marty was here to remind me. That's why you got it right. That's what it was. (laughs) It's 536 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.50. And Derek and the Dominoes on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 70. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 74. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Didn't I just say to you last week we don't do enough Danny Bonaducci stories? Steve, I've been telling you that for 25 years. Well, lo and behold, here's one this morning. Danny Bonaducci has been having some serious health issues after, and after seeing hundreds of doctors, he finally knows why. He's been diagnosed with hydrocephalus which is a buildup of fluid in the brain the condition, really yeah the condition has affected his speech and his ability to walk and balance but he's having surgery today to help drain the fluid he says quote i'll be completely bummed out if this doesn't work i can't walk currently i just can't he adds i'm never gonna run track i'm never gonna box again yeah that's a good idea i don't think he would have done that anyway but if i get uh, from here to the kitchen on my own bravo Danny's only 63 years old. I thought he was older than that. But I no. guess he was only a kid on that show, so that was the mid-70s, right? Yeah. He, uh, he says he can't pinpoint what caused the uh, hydrocephalus, but he's uh, done so many dumb things on reality TV, from being smashed in the head with a guitar to boxing Jose Canseco. So he probably has some sort of, like, CTE type of thing. Wasn't he also involved in a couple of those bus accidents, uh, you know, when when his mother was driving the bus uh, incorrectly? Ruben was, uh, you know, talking to her, you know, yapping in her ear. Yeah, well, I could see uh, Mrs. Partridge uh, crashing the bus because she's, you know, a female. But, um... And the only one with a valid driver's license. But somebody to hit that bus? How could you miss that thing? I mean, it's multicolored. Everyone inside is singing. I had a stained glass window in my old house that somebody had put in years ago that we called it the Partridge family window because it had the different like colors of the of the bus. Yeah, it was actually pretty, pretty funny. Uh, Let's see. Kevin Costner. uh, We may have pinpointed the reason or at least one of the reasons that Kevin's 18 year marriage to Christine Bumgardner came to an end earlier this year. 
Kevin has admitted that he mortgaged his 10-acre estate in Santa Barbara in order to fund a pet project. It's a four-part Western franchise called Horizon, and he's been trying to make it for the past 30 years, and he has reportedly raised half of the $100 million budget himself. He says, quote, I did it without a thought. It has thrown my accountant into an effing conniption fit, but it's my life, and I believe in the idea and the story. There have been rumors that Bumgardner... Bumgartner! Bumgartner. Left Kevin because she was tired of his obsessive commitment to his work. It's possible that risking $50 million of his own money could have added to her dissatisfaction. I suppose. But you gotta start paying attention to things at home. I guess so. You can't just spend all your money and time at the pet project. It's true. Uh, Tom Cruise tends to get his way, and when he doesn't, he gets mad, and he's supposedly having some tantrums right now. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out July 12. How many movies is this now? How can you do a part one when you've done three others? You've done seven. I think there's seven of them. Exactly. Well, yeah. Even still. Uh, comes out July 12th and will play in most IMAX theaters, but Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, come, Oppenheimer comes out on the 21st, and it's playing in all the IMAX theaters, which means Cruz will be bumped out of the one of the ones he was playing in, and he's not happy about that. Source says, quote, he's been complaining loudly about it to Paramount executives. He's also been, quote, furiously showing the film to exhibitors in an effort to convince them to switch their plans. He's even personally calling around to exhibition and studio executives. Settle down, dude. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll make your money. You can't handle the truth! How many IMAX theaters really I mean, are oh, there, wait. really? That wasn't him. He no, was, was the one that said... He was the one receiving the that truth. information. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want the truth! He right. was the guy that couldn't handle the truth. Yes, and then Mr. Nicholson, the theater owner, says, You can't handle the truth. Right. Yeah. I, I need you. You want me in that theater. Right. You need me on that theater. <laughs> That's how it went. For you want me selling you popcorn yeah. at outrageous prices. And he said, show me the money. That's a different movie. And then he said, I had you at hello. <laughs> and sometimes you just got to say, what the heck? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> you mix all the movies together and we'll see what we come up with. If you're skeptical about the Beetlejuice sequel... Michael Keaton has provided an update that might get you on board. He says he and Tim Burton are determined to make it, quote, as close to the way we made it the first time. What is Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis? <laughs> what is does Alec Baldwin shoot somebody now and yeah. now he has to go into the afterlife and kind of redeem himself? Uh, and that includes making stuff up, making stuff happen, improvising and, write, uh, and riffing. But literally handmade stuff like people creating things with their hands and building something. He adds, quote, it's the most fun I've ever had on a movie, and I can't tell you how long. Yeah, but he's, like, in his 70s, so anything would be fun for him. Yeah, right. Yeah. These days, just you know, wheel him out to the porch. He's all set for the day. And uh, Beetlejuice 2 hits theaters September 6th of 2024. Uh... Ed Sheeran served Philly cheesesteaks to his fans in South Philly on Saturday while in town for his mathematics tour. Fans immediately lined up at the SQ Phillips Steaks when Ed posted the address and said that cheesesteaks were on him. Of course, he got a quick tutorial from the owners on how to make the perfect sandwich with slabs of melted cheese whiz before he took over uh, as cook. Wow. I'd be happy if anyone served me the, the cheesesteak. I don't... If Ed Sheeran is selling it to me... I... You know what though? Looking at just Ed Sheeran, get, just want a good sandwich. Ed Sheeran looks like he should be working in a in a Philly cheesesteak place. You know, with the tattoos on his arm oh, and all yeah. that stuff. The messy hair. 
Uh, can I get you something? Uh, uh, would you like you want some extra cheese on the cheesesteak? Uh. Yeah, well, as long as he doesn't mess up the sandwich. Coldplay has planted five million trees so far with their Music of the Spears World Tour. They also reduced their carbon dioxide emissions by 47% compared to their last tour. You know, if they just stopped playing, they would save the planet 100%. Yeah, if they weren't plugged in and taking up so much electricity, this would have been very easy. Hey, uh, we did 47% in uh, saving the Earth. Yes, but you could have done a whole lot more by just not doing anything. (laughs) You've actually caused more damage by still being together. Uh, the Fu- the Fugees re- reunited on Saturday during Lauren Hill's headlining set at the Roots Picnic Festival in Philly. It was a pretty big deal because it was the last time, could be the last time, that Lauren, Wyclef Jean, and Proz Michael are on stage together for a while. So, yeah, we'll okay. go back to that. Kim Kardashian uh, says uh, her kids will thank her someday for remaining silent during the Kanye debacle. Really? Yeah. She said something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was this silent one was when I gave Ray J missile hickeys on the pork sword and that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> missile hickeys? Missile hickeys. I've never heard that. Pork sword I've heard. Missile hickeys I have not. It's a new one. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kaylin? I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once stimulated the dugong. <laughs> I ate boner schnitzel with the womb jabber. I think I ordered that once at the old Hofbrau house. Yes. Well, that was their specialty, was the, was the boner schnitzel. That's why they went out of business. They couldn't keep up with supply that's, and demand. That's not exactly why they went out of business. Anyway, what, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is she enjoyed the buttermilk middle wicket. Ah, there you go. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Hi-ya. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm not usually one to buy into a lot of harebrained conspiracy theories. Some people get caught up on those things, but for the most part, I don't make, uh, and I don't mean for this to sound insulting, people who believe in conspiracies are often simple-minded folk who refuse to believe that sometimes life is just a series of unconnected, arbitrary events. In fact, other than the curse of the Bambino, the Kennedy assassination, and that thing in Area 51 that nobody wants to talk about, most conspiracy theories are total nonsense. That was until this morning, when ESPN exposed what I believe to be one of the most curious observations ever. It is a theory which ties an extraordinarily high number of NBA postseason collapses directly with the various destinations set on the Taylor Swift Errors Tour. Sound like a bunch of happy horse crap? Well, listen to this. March 17th and 18th, Taylor Swift plays in Phoenix, Arizona. Following that, the Phoenix Suns get blown out by Denver in the Western Conference semifinals. May 12th to the 14th, Taylor plays in Philadelphia. Days later, 76ers lost to the Celtics in a seven-game series. Next stop, Taylor plays Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Boom! Celtics lose to Miami in the Eastern Conference semi- Conference Finals. But it doesn't stop there. She also played at East Rutherford, New Jersey, Santa Clara, California, and Los Angeles. As a result, Brooklyn, the Knicks, Golden State, and the Lakers all bounced out of the playoffs. Is this all one big fat dink, or is Taylor Swift poisoning these cities with witchcraft? I don't know. All I can tell you is that on July 14th and 15th, she's scheduled to play in Denver, Colorado, but not scheduled to play in Miami. And right now, the NBA Finals between the Nuggets and the Miami Heat are tied at a game apiece. 
Did Taylor Swift cast her insidious spell of pure evil on the unsuspecting good people of Denver? Or is ESPN desperately pandering to the low-hanging fruit who are looking to expose, having them expose all of life's unexplained mysteries? All good questions. And like every good conspiracy theory, they are teeming with a level of some plausibility. Because if there's one thing that the Taylor Swift and the NBA have in common, it's the ability to get people to believe they're getting their money's worth. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Built to last. You may not think of paint that way, but Benjamin Moore will, without a doubt, withstand the wear and tear for better than any other paint out there. Don't look for Benjamin Moore at the chain stores. It's only sold by well-trained professional paint retailers like Rocky's Ace Hardware. This morning, and then could see some rain showers by this afternoon with a high of 71. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. So, um, for those of you who may not have been paying attention or just didn't give a damn, uh, I was off Thursday and Friday last week. You were? Yes, that's why uh, Marty was here. I... That was last week? That, that was last week, yeah. Wow, I've, uh, I smoke way too much pot. Anyway, uh, the reason I was gone yeah. is I went to uh, my 35th college reunion. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun at the 30th, I thought, well, 35 is going to be just as great. Oh, yeah, you've all aged so well in yeah. five years. Well, you know, some of us have actually aged quite rapidly, what with the pandemic interrupting yeah. all the fun of the last five years. However, um, over the years, since I started here in 95, I've made countless trips back to Milwaukee, where, where Marquette University is. So yeah. I've had uh, everything happen to me on these trips. I've had car problems. I've been stuck in uh, in in whiteout conditions. I uh, I nearly missed a fifty car pileup. I've hit a deer. I've uh, I've gotten lost. You name it. Mm-hmm. Everything that could possibly happen, other than a roadside fatality, knock on wood, has happened. So you know it's always a hit or hit or miss type of thing when you go. You are looking, Steve, at maybe the luckiest person alive how is that get a load of this thursday was the day i was gonna fly out right right so uh i head out to bradley it's early early morning it's like uh, five o'clock in the morning i park my car one of those off-site lots yeah the the parking spot used to be ron Kari. which one executive or uh <clears throat> laz flazy fly uh laz lazy fly laz lazy i mean fly. i'm not made of money here so yeah. uh and i was already spent enough money on this trip so i parked the car uh, I'm the only one on the shuttle back to uh, to departures. Mm-hmm. Only one. Very easy. Get there. And uh, and so at the time, there's like a bunch of people at those little, uh, those little kiosks yeah. checking themselves in. Mm-hmm. And no one is going in line to the ticket agent. So I said, well, I'm not going to stand in line for the kiosks. That ticket agent's looking to do her job. So I go up there with my bag and, uh, and, uh, and, and get there and... Hand her my ID, and she says, "Oh, I'm sorry, but uh, this flight has been uh, there's been some rescheduling uh, on this flight." What? And I'm like, "Did why did it, was I not alerted to this? Yeah. Or that, that this was going to happen." So the, the here was the the original plan. I yeah. was going to fly to Chicago, which is like an hour and a half drive from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Right. It was a three hour layover in Chicago, so which means I wasn't going to get there until almost. 2 30 in the afternoon right. maybe a little bit later she says uh yeah uh this has been it's been rescheduled but i can i can see if i can get you on a different flight i said okay uh that's that's fine 
So rather than the three-and-a-half-hour layover in Chicago, I'm now got a 15-minute layover in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which means I get to Milwaukee earlier. I've been rescheduled on a better flight. Wow. So I'm thinking, this is fantastic. How Dang. awesome is that? Look at you. Lucky, yes. Lady luck of the sky. I know. Yeah. So I, so I fly into Philadelphia. I'm there for 15 minutes. It's just a matter of like walking down like two gates down and, and across the way, and I'm, I'm there. I even, I even find one of those uh, a place to sit down. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, this is t- turning out okay. And then uh, I get on the plane, land in Milwaukee, it's like 10.30 in the morning. Oh, so sweet. I'm thinking, this is great. I got the whole day ahead of me. How perfect is this? Last time I was in Milwaukee, I tried to uh, to rent a car. Yeah. And uh, there was like a two-hour line to rent a car. And I don't even know why. Okay. But it was like the longest line imaginable. All right. So I said, out of hell with it. I'll just Uber my way through the whole trip. Well, this time I said, no, I don't want to do that because I'm kind of further. I'm, I'm, the neighborhood I'm in. With the hotel, I wasn't sure how that neighborhood still is. Yeah, but never saw. I got the car, and uh, you got I, a rental car. A rental car. You didn't wait two hours to get one. No, in fact, uh, they've there's com- <laughs> construction going on, so I had to like walk a little bit to get to Enterprise to rent the car. Yeah. Now here, I'm hours early. I mean, I'm I'm like almost three and a half, four hours earlier than I expected. So I go up to the guy and I said, "Listen, I'm I'm here a little bit earlier. Can I still, I still get my car?" He said, well, um, uh, we can give you a free upgrade. Oh. I'm thinking, okay. So I'm so now I'm at the, uh, I'm at the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I've gone from renting an economy little crap box to a big fat Toyota 4Runner. Oh, sweet. Oh, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, this is, this is great. I got a better flight. I got a better, uh, a, a better car. Oh, hold on. Let me back up a little bit. Beep, beep, beep. I get to the uh, the uh, I get to the to, to baggage right, mm-hmm. and I'm the first one. I don't know how I'm the first one at uh, at the carousel. Whoa! First bag out is mine. That never happens. I know. I, I've never had that happen. Usually, well, it's like, it happens to somebody every time. But, but it never yeah, happens right. to me. So now I've got the I got a better flight. I get my bag right away. Then I get a free upgrade on the car. I'm thinking. Man, can this day get any better? So now I got the car. Car's awesome. I'm tooling around town. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do because um, your check-in's not until 3 o'clock. Why don't I just go to the hotel and see you at least, at the very least, just drop off the bag? I get to the hotel, and they and, uh, I give them my reservation number. So I'm here for a couple hours earlier. Is, is that okay? She said, no problem. Let me just look you up. I can give you a room right now. It's 1045 in the morning. I've gone from getting a better flight to a better car, I get my bag right away, and now I got my hotel. I'm thinking nothing could ever possibly go wrong here. And then I meet up with a friend for dinner, for a steak for a steak dinner, mm-hmm. maybe the best steak I've ever had in my life. It was like just like the perfect travel day. Of course. Wow. Yeah, things are just like going well for you. Yeah, I'm, of course, you know, I couldn't sleep at night because that steak was repeating on me all night. But you know, either way, yeah. It was, uh, it was, what a, what a, I've, I've never had a travel day like that where just everything worked out better than I imagined. Coming Unbelievable. Home, coming home the same way? Coming home, there was nothing extraordinary about, uh, about coming home. Uh, but there was no issues. No, a- absolutely not. It was, it went as planned. See, I don't mind taking, like, if I have to take long flights, you know, like layovers and stuff like that, I don't mind that if everything's on time. 
Like, it doesn't really mean much to me well, as long as the plane gets there the way I booked it. That's why I wasn't so freaked out about a three-hour layover in Chicago. Right. One, there's a lot to do at O'Hare. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not like... It's not like you're stuck at Bradley for three hours. There's, there's a lot of nothing money to, to be do. spent at any airport, so yes. it really doesn't matter. Whether Absolutely. you want to have a cocktail or a meal, it's going to cost you, uh, you know, 300% more than it would be down the street from the airport. No doubt about it. Yeah. But there was there was none of that. And so now you're talking three and a half hours to 50, se- to, to 50 minutes, and everything was on time. It was perfect. Yeah. I've never experienced that before in my life. Wow, that's yes. pretty cool. It was very, very cool, and the uh, and it, it, everything about the whole weekend was just a blast. I got to you know catch up with people that I used to work with, people I went to school with. I ate like a freaking king. It was just it was just an what? auto automatically just it, all all around great experience. Now, uh, did you run into anybody who's uh, really successful and uh, you know? Uh, you know what? I was, uh, well, yeah, I did run into people who are who are successful. See, I'm always interested in people's careers. I always ask people, like, hey, what do you do for a living? Because I'm interested in what you do. Because I, yeah. I always find it fascinating that, oh, like, uh, oh, that's an interesting uh, field you're in. Oh, yeah. No, uh, there's there's plenty of that. I'm sorry. I can't say that word. But go ahead. <laughs> there's yeah. plenty of that. But now I'm at the age now where there were four people that were either retiring this year or have retired. Mm-hmm. And they're all 55, 56 wow. years old like me. And I'm like, that is all right. Wow, man. somebody is- had more uh, Veep than you did. They did, yeah. yes. They, they did. had a much better <laughs> much better plan than I did because I decided to stick with radio forever. What is that talk about a smart move that was? Well, it doesn't help when... Well, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, no, people were, were, were pretty good, but it's like, it was like we're at this point now in our lives where no one is trying to impress each other yeah we're kind of beyond that it's kind of like well okay that may have been that may have been interesting like 20 years ago but like right now we're just you know it's just make it's good to see that people are standing and they're yeah. healthy and they're doing okay well that and was that's the, what matters that was the other thing i was going to ask like uh have there been any deaths that uh, you know people that you knew uh, yeah a, a couple and and because the the alumni magazine prints all the yeah. you know the weddings and be- births and deaths that have happened and you know the list of, of deaths has never hasn't really sunk into my particular class yeah. too badly yet i mean we're on our way but uh no, we for the most part we've avoided a lot of the uh, the tragedy. Well, be, just because uh, you know when Facebook started becoming a thing, and then they're like, oh, you can reconnect with all your old classmates. You know that's why classmates dot com kind of went the way of the dinosaur, right? Because you had this social media network. So then I amassed all these friends that I went to to high school with, and then uh, probably about three years ago, I was doing what I do like I call them the batch of HBDs for the day, where I just happy birthday everybody on the list right and there was this one girl i went to high school with and i wrote hbd and then and then somebody chimed in who went to school with us steve she died like four years ago <laughs> which was tar- it was horrible because yeah, she was only like 38 years old yeah, it's a tragedy but it didn't yeah. take away your intention you know that even even beyond the yeah. grave you hope she's having a great day well i just say i just said hbd i h HBD in it happened. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's you how you kind of yeah. save right face away. on that. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> yeah, now we haven't. I, I've lost more people from high school than I've lost uh, in college. But it was. I mean, it, the whole weekend was just. Uh, it was just perfect. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. But I've. But I felt like you know should should I buy like a lottery ticket 
I like, think you. I was going to the casino. I was. I, mean, I was going to say that with your string of uh, good luck in that, like that never usually happens. Everybody has some kind of travel hiccup. I thought. I honestly thought about like stopping at a gas station, grabbing a couple of Powerball tickets, but then I thought, you know what? I'm really pushing my luck. You should have bought I, one out in Wisconsin because it's usually somewhere else that usually wins. Yeah. I mean, how many times? You know, that one time that lady won seven hundred million dollars around here. When's that going to happen again? No time soon. Right. No time soon. But I thought, eh, am I pushing my luck? No. I, I don't know. I suck because I, I didn't want Powerball to be the thing that knocked that lucky horseshoe out of my colon. I really didn't. Listen, I'll give you a dollar right now. And then after the show, you go get a, a Powerball ticket that costs $2. Here, I'm giving you the dollar right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to buy a quick pick. And I, I want I'll, you... buy, I'll, I'll spot you the, the dollar. No, no, you're not going to spot me take... the dollar. I want you to have the dollar so I can say 50% of that is mine when put, you win. Put, put the money away. Yeah, see, put the money yeah, yeah. Away. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, Mr. Moneybags wins two hundred no. million dollars, and all of a sudden, Steve, who? No, the thing is, the moment I get yeah. back home, that's when that's when the bad luck starts. You don't know that. I got here today, didn't I? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, there you go. It's uh, six twenty-three in Rockwood O two. This is Ryan Pelletier, project manager at Ramadar Hool Construction. We've been building and renovating commercial facilities of all kinds for over forty years, but we specialize in the healthcare sector. Healthcare professionals regularly put their trust in us to build sterile environments for their patients. But I'm here today to tell you that we build more than just healthcare facilities. And we do our jobs so well that some folks hadn't even heard about us. Commercial builders are a lot like the heart in your chest. If we're doing our job right, you don't even know we're there until the job's done. For a commercial build of any kind, visit rayhool.com to learn more. Every day is Customer Appreciation Day at Gary Room Hyundai. Lease a 2023 Tucson SE all drive for $340 or get 0% for 48 months. Lease a 2023 Ionic 5 SE rear-wheel drive for $472. Come see the all-new 2023 Ionic 6, 10 in stock. We have hundreds of new Hyundais on the ground. All Hyundais come with three years of complimentary maintenance and with America's best warranty, 10 years or 100,000 miles. And owner assurance, GaryRoomHyundai.com. 50 Whiting Frowns Road, Holyoke. See dealer for details. John Hazen here. As you may know, Hazen produces holographic film and paper in Holyoke for applications like the Super Bowl program cover. Hazen has had great success with its holographic business, and we are gearing up to expand yet again. We are looking to build our team significantly in the coming months. If you're looking for an opportunity to get into high-tech manufacturing on the ground floor of a growth company, your time has come. Working conditions in Hazen's Class 10,000 clean holographic embossing room are extremely comfortable with climate control and high safety standards. And at Hazen, we run production around the clock to keep up with customer demand, which means we have night shifts available. I know night shifts aren't for everyone, but they do have advantages and a certain allure. A lot of people like to work the second or third shift because it frees up their days to spend with family, or some people are just night owls. At Hazen, we pay a shift differential premium and you can make a two-day attendance bonus every month. Today's the day to start your incredible Hazen career. Log on to Hazen.com. That's Hazen.com, and get started. It's uh, just about 626 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. You know, I almost forgot there was a, uh, a joke to be told, <laughs> and uh, I think I saved one. Let me see if I still have one. All right. Uh, yeah, I got that one. Yeah, that's good. Do you want to laugh? Uh, or do you have something else to say right no, now? No, I got. I got I or is got, it too uh, early to laugh? Yet? No, it's never too early. Are you sure? Yeah, go right ahead. All right, let's do. Let's laugh then. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. 
What do you call a Scottish man who's lost his dog? I don't know. What do you call a Scottish man who's lost his dog? Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it sounds like he's saying Douglas. <laughs> he's having, but his name is Douglas. Douglas. Backs and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102. Springfield's Clap. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Big Y, your family market. Sign up today uh, with the, to get a, a Big Y digital account. It's uh, more than food. It's my Big Y. You're, visit your local Big Y today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, the top news of the weekend, once known as the asparagus capital of the world, Western Massachusetts is still home to hundreds of working farms and many more locally owned restaurants and breweries. And on Saturday... The ninth annual New England Public Media Asparagus Festival was held at the Hadley Town Common. Wow. Yay. Why did I even think about leaving town? I don't know. People of all ages enjoyed various games and activities as well as live music, entertainment, and, of course, asparagus. We're all about creating community and creating opportunities for people to come together and enjoy each other and learn from each other, said Vanessa Cirillo, Director of Marketing and Communications for uh, New England Public Media. Western Mass is such a great agricultural location. It's amazing to see the farming community. Yeah, I've never been to the uh, the Asparagus Festival. Uh, I like asparagus like anybody else, but can you imagine what the restrooms and uh, I, and uh, the porta potties would smell like? I was just gonna say that the porta potties must have a pu smell oh, to big, them. Big pu factor over there. I've eaten one spear of asparagus, and then like thirty minutes later, you know, having to go into the you know do a number tinkle right, and uh, and having to have that <laughs> whiff. Yeah. Uh, back in your face. I once went to a restaurant and ordered like the uh, the asparagus soup, yeah. it, which was delicious. But I mean, after I left the bathroom, I was, I was yeah. afraid a hazmat team was going to yeah. have to come in there and hose the place down. Um, I I I I didn't even know that this was going on this weekend. I would have probably had stopped by to that. Sure, because that's it. Sounds like it's a good time, and it's you know it's local stuff and it's a local commodity. Yeah, but who is now the asparagus capital of the world? Now that we're not. Do they uh, do they uh, anoint say like a asparagus king and queen? Yes, king and green. Yeah, because <laughs> I would imagine that's a very stinky couple. Yeah, I know the the latrines over at the, yeah. uh, the king and queen's house. That's what I'm talking Not about. Not so bad. All right, now we have to talk about serious news. All right, uh, let's see. Yeah. I'm sorry, I uh, I lost my spot. You know, I'm really uh, glad we do things professionally around here. <laughs> There was a, uh, I'm trying to find, there was a story about this barn fire in Amherst uh, that I can't find now. I don't know why. Uh, I'm sorry. I. I it's okay. You got, you got uh, two more newscasts after this. All right. Well, we'll go on to, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, multiple fire crews worked to put out a large barn, barn fire on Route 116 around 5 p.m. on Friday. Around 5 p.m. Friday afternoon. The 22 news crews could see flames and smoke billowing out of J&J Farms on Meadow Street in Amherst. Oh, my God! It was a farm! It was on fire! Amherst Fire Department spent most of Friday afternoon putting out the massive blaze, along with assistance from Hadley, Northampton, Pelham, Leverett, and Belchertown. According to Amherst Fire Chief Tim Nelson, the cause of the fire was a lightning strike to a house attached to a barn, as well as two separate barns adjacent to the house, Ignited by radiant heat, wow. uh, Nelson added that crews could see uh, could gain control over the fire before it spread to the rest of the house. No injuries have been reported, uh, but a pretty massive 
pretty massive blaze. The, and there was uh, also a church. The church over there? No, or, there was a church in Br- I think it was Brimfield. The uh, the the uh, the the barn fire. The twenty two's got a bunch of you know pictures. You could get a sense of how uh, how bad that was. Uh, in Spencer, it was Spencer. A historic church in Spencer was destroyed in a fire that was apparently started after the steeple was struck by lightning. I saw some video on Facebook of somebody taking this thing. Yeah, the whole the whole steeple just toppled over wow. and crashed onto the ground. Uh, the first congregational church of Spencer stood on Main Street for 280 years as a place of worship. It quickly went up in flames after a thunderstorm on Friday afternoon. Investigators believe the fire started in the steeple before it collapsed onto the rest of the church, which had opened in 1743. Firefighters were able to pull back in time before the steeple fell apart in flames. All I heard was a big boom. I don't like thunderstorms, and I was scared when I came out. I couldn't even believe the church was on fire. It was terrible, said a witness. Uh, Bruce, Pastor Bruce McLeod said, it's not what we, it's not what we want ever know. Oh, it's not what we want ever know. That's what he meant to say. Mm. Uh, Good it, quote. It could have been horrific, meaning that nobody was hurt. Yeah. But, you know, that sucks. Well, because, like, you know, if you know, if that was the church and, and, those, and those are the people, people and you open the door. And there and goes you, the steeple. There goes the steeple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just crashes right to the ground. It was. They have video of this. Did you see? Did you see that? Over no, the that I have not seen. The whole. It, it's just the whole thing just kind of collapses right down wow. into the thing. The church was destroyed by a fire one other time back in 1862. It was rebuilt and opened a year later. People are deeply attached, so it's going to be really hard for folks to uh, figure out what comes next. But there you go, an historic landmark gone. Wow, that's terrible. Uh, Connecticut lawmakers voted Friday to tighten the state's marriage laws, prohibiting anyone under the age of 18 from being issued a marriage license. The legislation cleared the Senate unanimously. It updates a 2017 anti-child marriage law that advocates contending created a advocates contending created a loophole by allowing 16 or 17 year olds to be married if their local probate court judge approves a petition filed on the Myers' behalf by the parent or guardian. The new law does not allow anyone under the age of 18 to be married under any circumstances, including if they are emancipated. And Connecticut is one of the multiple different states across the country this year that moved to raise the minimum age to legally marry to 18, including Vermont. Bids to raise the minimum wage age in West Virginia and Washington have been stalled. And in, uh, in Alabama, they lowered the age to 13. <laughs> From 14. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Gotta, well, you know, you got to... You gotta, we got to make improvements down here. <laughs> We're going to go in the right direction because there ain't nothing that a child loves more than to spend a lifetime in love. The uh, Mass State Police featured a playing card on social media Sunday with the unsolved case of a Springfield victim. Nine years ago, on June 4th of 2014, Daryl Jenkins Jr. was shot in front of his residence on Kensington Avenue in Springfield. Several shots were fired along with a woman, but she survived. If you have any information that could be crucial to solving that case, you're asked to call the Mass Solve Hotline, the Mass State Police, uh, the Mass Department of Correction, the Springfield Homicide Unit, and the District Attorney's Office collaborated to create playing cards that feature homicide and missing persons on them. The cards were funded by the Department of Correction and are made available to state prison inmates. With this, they hope they'll be able to find out additional information about the crimes on hand. Uh, So they put the victims on the cards. I would put the wanted people on the cards. That uh, that would make more sense, yeah. 
I mean, obviously they don't know who. The, the whole point of it is unsolved crimes, so they just put the pictures of the victims on them for now. Well, it's, but a, you it's, a, have, it's a reminder that these are unsolved crimes. Right, but you could have a whole other set of them with just fugitives. I'm sure there's 52 fugitives fug- and a joker on the run. <laughs> They're all a bunch of jokers when you think about it. Right, but I'm saying you could have multiple like designs of cards with the victims on one, the uh, fugitives on the other. Your um, <coughs> years ago, I don't remember how long this was. Someone had put together like a uh, like a like a deck of serial killer cards, you know, for trade. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, what a weird thing to do. Imagine putting like a a bunch of serial killer cards in the spokes of your bicycle. How dumb that would be. Ooh, I got a John. What is that? A dirt bike? No, it's a John Wayne Gacy. I'll trade you a Richard Speck for uh, the Boston Strangler. Uh, I'll, I got a BTK for you. That's ooh, that's a, that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's that a, one's going to be worth money someday. That's a diamond in the wild. <laughs> or diamond in the rough. What is it? Right diamond, in the rough. diamond in the rough. Yeah. I never know how to say those. I always have trouble now that I know that that that, that term was uh, went the way of the dinosaur. Yeah. Now I'm just saying it all the time. But I was always trying to figure out what that that <laughs> thing was, and now now I've yeah I've got it. I always want to know. I I've never been able to get a clarification. Yeah. On what this means, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Now tell me what that means, because I have never. I've drawn a couple of uh, com, uh, you know, <laughs> a couple conclusions, but I don't think any of them are right. Well, it's you. Uh, uh, this is Google's answer. The a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush is used for a saying that it's better to hold on to something one already has than mm. to risk losing it by trying to obtain uh, attain something better. What does that have to do with the bush? Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Like, uh, like what you have. If you have one bird, yeah, and there's. Two, uh, but there's two other birds in there. Okay. You could have two birds. Yes. But you should really cherish the one that you have in your hand. Okay. But what about the bush? I don't know. The bush is just there that's, holding the birds. That's where I get hung up. I, I, I guess I'm focused. I'm kind of like bush-centric on this one. So I, you, just, I don't understand where the bush is coming from. So what you're trying to say is you're immersing yourself in the bush. Yes. And the bush is the thing that's keeping you from... Understanding yeah. anything. All right, so you 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 you're getting you're getting where I'm coming from. Well, no, I just know that there you know b- birds like to hang out in bushes sometimes. <laughs> I got bushes out in front of my house. I see birds coming out of them all the time. I don't, I don't want any birds near my bush. I can tell you that right well, now. Well, maybe your bush needs to be trimmed a little bit, and you can see all the birds back there. Listen, I just spent the whole I just spent a whole <laughs> of yesterday afternoon just yeah you know, restringing my weed whacker. Oh, that that's a pain in the ass restringing the weed whacker. <sighs> You have one of those ones where you got to take the length of it, like a length of weed uh, of wire, weed whacker wire. Yeah, so it's got to like uh, overhang the the uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Or huh. or do you have the other one where you wind it around the thing and it comes out uh, side, or does it come out both ends? To be honest with you, I haven't spent enough time with my weed whacker to truly know that, how it works. That's kind of what I was getting at. Because <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, I don't really know, because I haven't picked yeah. up the weed whacker in four years. <laughs> I know you're supposed to bump it on the ground a little bit to get the the, the string to kind of come out. Yeah, but, but the, you got to do that quickly. Otherwise, if it gets too short, then yeah. you're screwed. The reason I don't really know very much about yeah. the weed whackers, I really am kind of concentrating on the bush. Yeah, 
Is this weed whacker uh, like something from the 1950s that uh, was no, like the first weed whacker? It's from the uh, the 2000s. It's a it's a relatively new whacker. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Black and Decker plug-in? Uh, no, it's a battery powered uh, Craftsman. Oh, ba- battery yeah. powered. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. Oh, Look I could. You. you uh you you fire that thing up. You could be whacking for a good five ten minutes. You should be whacking bush all day long. <laughs> Find out where them little birds. I, are. You know what? Where? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Amtrak will be adding two new daily Springfield to New York train services to its Northeast regional schedule starting Tuesday morning. You'll be able to depart Springfield at 4.45 a.m. and arrive at New York Penn Station as early as 8.10 a.m. or leave at 7.50 a.m. and arrive in New York by 11.21 a.m. The two trains... uh, Back to Springfield, depart at 6.59 p.m. and 8.50 p.m. and arrive back in the Commonwealth at about mm-hmm. 10.40 p.m. and 12.26 a.m. respectively. You can get one of these trains for as little as $23 if you're up early, but the 7.50 departure is $45. Whew. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's actually quite a lot. Well, 23 bucks ain't bad. Yeah, but, but 40 plus. Is it, though? Like, think about how much you would pay if you went and drove to New Haven to park your car down there overnight but or take- for even for the day. Or even if you drove into New York City, you'd still have to pay for parking somewhere. Yeah. Which would cost you well over $90 for a round-trip ticket to New York City. But is that Amtrak? Yeah. Or is that commuter rail? It's Amtrak. Is that what this is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, look, the last time I did that, it was like 27 bucks. Which uh, Amtrak... Uh, I, I hate to tell you, those trains are never on time. <laughs> they're never on time. They're not. No, they're always delayed somehow. They, they might one, roughly. Some of these trains in. got one place to go, and they yeah. only spend more than like what, uh, like forty seconds at any particular stop. Yeah, but what they don't tell you is that uh, first of all, Amtrak doesn't own those rails. The rails belong to like the major freight railroads, like CSX and Norfolk Southern and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have to maintain those tracks, right? And when they have to do work on those, I remember the one time I took a I took a train. This was years ago. I took a train from Springfield to Syracuse, and they you change trains in Albany. That's okay. how they do that, or they change engines or something like that. But. F- what they didn't tell you when you get on the train is, oh, by the way, it's 10 miles an hour uh, through this area because they're doing track work for the next 10 miles. Okay. So that obviously delays you getting to your next destination. Then that train, the engine that they change over is now delayed, and then that Everything gets delayed. Well, wait a minute. I, but, no, that's, but New Haven to like Grand Central, yeah. that's MTA. That's like the the Metro North. Right. That's not Amtrak. No. Yeah. Well, that's the cheap way to go. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it would be, but I mean, if you're, but how cheap is it? That's what I'm it's saying. Tw- from from New Haven to Grand Central is like yeah. 28 bucks, depending on whether you're right. going peak or off peak. Plus the parking that you have to now pay. Uh, yeah, that's true. So too. for 40, for $90 for a round trip to New York from Springfield- Obviously, there's more convenience in New Haven because there's more trains going to New Haven mm. throughout the day than there is going to Springfield. Well, I gotta tell you, uh, I'd like to see more commuter rail come through Springfield and see what the uh, price difference is there. You know what? I hate to tell you, but I think we've spent way too much time on this topic. You want to talk about Bush more? I loved, I loved the Bush. 
Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, cloudy this morning, then could see some rain showers this afternoon with a high of 71. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock with Classic Rock. It's just about 6.52 and the Eagles with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, cloudy today and then could see a chance of some rainstorms this afternoon with a high of 71. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, this week on Baxi's musical podcast, this is one I'm really excited about. Carlos Alomar, the uh, guitar player for David Bowie on 11 different albums. David Bowie's musical director is my uh, my guest this week. This is a guy who's not only played with David Bowie, but a thousand and one other people. He was a member of the Apollo Theater House Band before he graduated high school. It's an amazing story. Wicked cool guy. And you'll be able to hear that wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. It's all brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers. So make sure you check that out. It's it, it's definitely worth listening to. All right. Sweet. All right. Um. Trying to think, uh, did some stuff. I I did a Jack and Jill over the weekend. You did? Um, yeah, it was at the uh, the Lolo uh, Polish Club. Okay, it was like three hundred and fifty people there at a Jack and Jill. Yeah, well, you know, it, uh, <laughs> I was like, I I walk into this this room and I see all of these table like the t- lines of tables set up, and I'm like. I thought this was going to be a little bit smaller, and then I said to the you know the the groom, I said, uh, "Hey, uh, how many people are you expect?" Oh, about three hundred and fifty, and I'm like, "Wow, place was packed." Wow, it was a it was a it was a good night. They had some good prizes there. One of the funniest things I saw was the, the, this whole Bud Light thing is just, it, it fascinates me. It fascinates me that people will not even drink this beer just because they don't want to be seen with like they might not have any problem with what kid rock has a problem with and right. all the other people that that want to follow suit with that have a problem with they just don't want to be chastised by other people for having that yeah, in of course. their hand no, nobody wants the judgment <clears throat> they had this really nice like bud light chair and there was like a couple of other things that were with it and out of all the prizes on it, now every bag was stuffed with tickets. Yeah. They had a TV, they had a, a fire pit. Well, you, you know, got it was all this real. You got three hundred and fifty people, right? So you know, the ticket almost every bag was stuffed with tickets. And usually, when I go to those things, if I'm like, a, if I'm like, you know, buying tickets, I usually go around and find out what the least people are putting in for. Yeah, because you have a better chance of winning that. You know, winning something, but. <laughs> There was five tickets in the bag. That was it. That's it? Five tickets. Who wound up winning? This, I don't know, some guy won it, and I said, well, good luck, uh, you know, <laughs> good luck with that. You sure you, know? you, sure you want to be seen outside putting that in your, or outside of your car? Yeah, it, but it, it just, it, the whole, again, the boycott thing fascinates me yeah. very much because it, it it's it's kind of dumb, but it's also <laughs> like you just don't want to be made fun of for having one of these things in your hand. You might have no hang-ups about this whole thing at all. Yeah, but there are at least five people right. at that party who throw caution to the wind yeah. and didn't care. Yeah, but it was uh, it was just a, it was an interesting display to yeah. see uh, to see people not <laughs> wanting to, to to put in for that just because of the fact that said Bud Light on it. Listen, man, if you got like one of them Yeti coolers. Yeah. It could have 
pride flags all over. I'll take it any day. It's a Yeti cooler. Yeah. Who cares what it looks like on the outside? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't listen. I don't, care, keep, I don't care what like, kind of beer anybody is drinking. That's that, that's hardly, if it's a nice chair and it comes with the yeah. with a nice table and a few other things thrown in, eh, listen, what do I care? I just, I just I, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Like, I'm just fascinated that th- this has brought an, a major company to its knees. I mean, they're, they're at the point now where, you know, some places are practically giving it away for free because no yeah. one is buying it. Well, you know, that was that was the other thing. You know, I got uh, I got some friends who uh, who like drinking beer when they found out that a 35 rack of Bud Light at Costco was only 20 bucks. <laughs> you better bet your bottom dollar they went down there and stocked up. Of course. Yeah. You can't blame them for doing that. Nope. It's uh, almost six. 57 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, you would think that with the Stanley Cup Finals going on right now, the NHL would hold back on making any major announcements. After all, it's probably best that we just focus on Game 2 tonight in Las Vegas between the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. After all, many of us hockey fans really shouldn't be bothered with other distractions. I certainly don't do well with that sort of thing, and neither do many of you. However, yesterday, the NHL made an unprecedented announcement concerning next season's thrilling Winter Classic event. According to league officials, on February 17th and 18th, the New Jersey Devils will host back-to-back outdoor hockey games at MetLife Stadium. First game comes on Saturday the 17th of February against the Philadelphia Flyers. The following day, the Devils will host the New York Rangers. During the official announcement, NHL Senior Executive Vice President Steve Meyer stated, quote, the goal is to continue our incredible streak of 37 straight sellouts. We feel confident that these two matchups will fill buildings two days in a row, which for us is unprecedented. Now, I know a lot of you hockey fans are going to want to be there. I mean, MetLife Stadium isn't that far away. It holds 75,000 people all at once. What could be better than sitting outside in the freezing cold in New Jersey to watch a couple of hockey games? To be honest with you, as a hockey fan, I'm not really all that jacked up about it. You want to impress me? How about playing the Winter Classic with the Las Vegas Golden Knights having the home field advantage? Let the Arizona Coyotes get a crack at hosting a game outside. Give me a chance to see the Florida Panthers host the Winter Classic against anybody, and I'll buy those tickets right now. An outdoor game in East Rutherford, New Jersey in February? So what? Give me a game in a place that never dropped below 75 degrees? Now you've got my attention. But hey, enough of my yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The $99 can't-miss Father's Day winner. The Milwaukee M12 Drill Driver and Impact Driver Combo Kit from Rocky's. $99 with your Ace Rewards card. You're saving $70. Dad has got a new high-quality power tool set, and you can hank Rocky's Ace Hardware for it. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Cream and Rock 102. Uh, It's going to be rainy uh, later on today. Cloudy for the most of the day. High of 71. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Man, you can take a couple days out of work and you just come back on a Monday and thank God. Thank goodness. Scott Cohen is here. A bright, 
sunshiny cheery. ray of explosions. Cheery. Oh yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think we've been in the same room together for a while, have well, we? And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, I, I I like coming and hanging out with you guys. I know you know you've got always you got a bad <laughs> attitude, but you know Baxi doesn't. So yeah, uh, I, I saw you went to the Red Sox game over the uh, weekend. I did, and uh, you know, and I was telling I I told Steve off the air. I I I felt for um for Steve Nagel. <laughs> I felt for Steve Nagel. <laughs> so um I went to the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Okay. The Red Sox and and it, it was just like so cold. It was brutally cold. Went with my girlfriend's 12-year-old nephew who uh, he flew in with his mom from San Diego. She went to a wedding so we took him to the Red Sox game. And that's I a nice got a little t- treat for a yeah, West Coast kid. West Coast kid gets yeah. a treat, you know, kind of like you know. Was Fenway, he was, Fenway. He bu- was he bundled up to go? Uh, he was. He was. He was dressed appropriately. But what made me feel for Steve was when you go to, and it's been a, it's my my daughter's, you know, working on twenty six, twenty seven. So it's been a while since yeah. I had to do that. And she was, you know, she was a girl and really wasn't into sports. So anyway, so we're at Fenway Park. He's a boy. The weather, you know, stinks. So a, you got to keep them busy. Yeah. So first of all, we ended up going to like that uh, bowling arcade uh, right next to Fenway. Um, at you know, uh, at, down the road from the Green Monster. Yeah. You know, they got you know the pinball machines yeah. and all that other kind of nonsense. So first of all, we're at Fenway Park, but it's too cold outside and rainy, and we're in this arcade. <laughs> So that's costing money, okay? Yeah. And he's running all over the place. And I finally said, let's, come on, let's go out. The kid wants to see Fenway Park. Let's go out here. So we go. And then there's the food. You know, he's got an insatiable appetite. (laughs) And then, and then, of course, you know, and I said, look, you need a Red Sox hat, right? He goes, yeah, I do. So we go. He gets the Golden Master Deluxe sure. fitted Red Sox hat. Well, you, don't want to go, you don't want to go back to San Diego with a sweatshop no, hat, you? No, you know, you know, his, his uh, uncle is, you know, his uh, step-uncle or whatever the hell I am, <laughs> you know, t- tried to cheese me on the hat. So he gets a $50 Red Sox hat. And I'm just looking at this like... And you're like, this is two of my drinks. This this is like... A, this is almost working on a bar tab here. <laughs> this is cutting down on my drinking... My drinking but, pop. you know, but you have to do it all the time. You've got two girls and, you're, you know, you're always posting on Facebook. You're here, there, everywhere. And I was just like, this is what's this is Steve Nagel's life twenty four seven. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I uh, I don't do anything that I can't like afford to do. Like, you know, the tickets I got uh, the when I took my daughter to opening day, I won those in the yeah. employee uh, uh, pool thing. But you do spend a lot of money on different things, and the appetite thing for the kids, it wasn't even about like I can eat kind of anything i'm one of those like versatile dudes if i'm really hungry i'm not gonna wait in line but when when your kid only wants chicken fingers and the line is 25 minutes long you gotta wait in the line you gotta wait in the line so you know that that kind of becomes a a little bit of a a pain in the butt yeah you know what i I think you did good uncle scotty oh we did i mean listen he he had a ball (laughs) but it was just it was palatable to me that the experience, what what I was doing there normally, as opposed to what I would normally be doing there, completely well, different. Well, here, here here's the thing: you're you're also at a time in history where ticket prices to sporting events, yeah, and concerts of any kind 
you know, every, most people are just completely priced out of it. Yep. So, I mean, you're, when we were kids, literally, and, I mean, if you if you were able to buy, well, first of all, there was no place to buy a hat, you know, or a shirt because those things weren't really available like they are now. They yep. weren't marketing themselves at all exactly. back when we were kids. Yep. But now, between you know the outrageous you know parking fees or or the ticket price or the you know concessions, whatever it may be. It's just a much more expensive proposition than even when your kid was young. No doubt. And it's everything's, you know, everything's corporate. Um, You know, there's like 50, 50 bucks to park right outside the stadium. You know, the yard house is down the way. You know, you people going in there to eat. Again, the tickets, the souvenirs, the food at the game for, you know, when you've got. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing about families and how much it costs just smack yeah. me right across the face but I mean, at least you're wealthy so you don't have to worry well about, that is true uh, yeah. thanks to yeah. you guys well, be, the sweat I, of the on the I, back of the two of you I, um i could afford the trip i like to i like to read your facebook post and go oh these are uh, wide world cohen problems <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so cold at fenway park there's ice forming on the outside of my cocktail yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, yeah. nature's co- yeah. koozie is what that yeah, is yeah, exactly yeah, that's exactly it. Exactly. So, well, can, I, I I appreciate you feeling my pain. Steve. All right. So you went you went on Saturday. Can you imagine being one of these poor saps? Spends the same amount of money you did. Yeah. To go to yesterday's game. Right. And to see that debacle in right. the sixth inning. Thank I mean, God. that's that is, it's just awful. It's that, awful. That's that. It's the kind of thing you would see in T-ball. Yep. Uh, this this uh, in the park home run uh, disaster by uh, Yandy Diaz. Yeah. Just I mean I don't. I, I don't know how you, you get out of that inning, and you're all sitting on the bench. I don't know how you even look at each other. Yeah, well, and the thing the the thing about it is, Bax, is that, you know, I mean, that happened for a reason because they're just, they're terrible. Uh, with, with, the, uh, with the exception of, like, two or three guys on the roster, literally, and we, we pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. It's like, who <clears throat> are these guys? You don't, you don't even know who they are. Where did he come from? You know, it, it, they're they're in they're in trouble and just uh, over the weekend they named the pitchers of the month in the American and National League um, for a San Diego Michael Walker used to pitch for the Red Sox American League uh, what's his face um, uh, can't remember his name but former Red Sox Red Sox pitcher yeah so and and there these guys are making headlines in other places yeah um. We didn't get a chance to talk about the the, the Celtics last week because uh, you know Monday we were off and Tuesday you weren't here, but uh, you know since the, the the Celtics were booted out of the, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, you know there was talk about you know do you keep what Joe, do you do what do you do what do you, what how do you save this do yep. you do you bust up uh, you know bust up uh, Jalen Brown and uh, and uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Jason Tatum do you keep Joe Missoula what do you do if you're the if you're you're the owner of the Celtics. Do you keep th- those two players together, or do you find ways of, uh, of unloading one of them? I, I think that they have, A, they have the deep pockets to afford both of them. They, the money the money's there and you know it's and, and first of all, since the last time we talked, Joe Missoula is is back. He's, he's solid. Brad Stevens said there's no reason. I didn't even bat an eye entertain a, a moment of getting rid of Joe Missoula. So now you've got you've got uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown, dude. These guys are you know 
Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, you do not let generational players like this walk away. Uh, Tatum is Tatum is solid as a rock. He's staying. The big question is Brown. If they traded him away, they'd get they would get a starting veteran. They'd probably get a solid off the bench player and maybe a couple of draft picks. He has value, but I just don't see how you get rid of a generational player like that. During the regular season, they were perfect. They complemented each other perfectly. They were the top team in the NBA for almost the entire season. You know. Uh, they laid an egg in, in the postseason. Listen, it happens, but there's no way you don't bring him back. I I think there's, you know there's a couple things that you can point to that you know maybe this had something to do with it, maybe it didn't. The idea of uh, getting rid of Joe Missoula, you know, while he has seemed to, there are some questionable decisions that he's that he's had. Yeah, sure, it's his first year as as a head coach. He's surrounded by a staff that wasn't his. It was you know it's Ima Adoka's. He takes that job under very difficult circumstances yes. and brings them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. Now you have contractual issues with uh with Tatum or with uh Brown. Brown and you have to say well you know does he deserve you know that the max, the max contract. contract. I say I say you know what uh do it now because 5 years from now that supermax contract is going to be a hell of a lot more. You'll be getting him at the prime of his career for a steal right. in the next two or three years when that price goes way the hell up. And so he may not even be in the prime of his career yet. That's the thing about him. He's got he has a good, long, solid NBA career ahead of him. I mean, there's you you just don't allow a generational player to walk out the door. You just don't do it. On the, in the meantime, now you've got a, a series between uh, Denver and the it's Heat. A, it's tied a series up. now. Denver lost on their home court. Yep. It's not a series till the home team loses, and they lost last night. Yeah, well, I uh, that'll go. I'll bet that goes seven games. It probably, you know what? I, it probably will. There's something about the uh, something about a, the Heat that they're very the heat. they're ridiculously uh, tenacious, and I hate that kind of thing when it yep. <laughs> when it comes to facing uh you know facing the Celtics. And buddy, Miami's the city of champions. Game two of the Stanley Cup, yeah. and you know, and Florida lost game one, but that's fine. That that'll and probably end up going seven games as well. It's good stuff. What else is going on? Um, I guess. Um, well, we we talked about horse racing a couple of weeks ago, right? So uh, they're shutting down uh, Churchill Downs, um, and then and moving that um, to Ellis Park, that meet to Ellis Park, which is about two hours away. And what they're going to do is they're going to try and figure out and see if there's any connection between all those all those horse horse deaths that occurred. Um, it's not the first time something like this has happened. It happened out at San, in Santa Anita a couple of years ago. But the you know the big thing is this um this is the the week of of the Belmont, uh, which is Saturday. One horse has already died at Belmont. By yeah, the way. I know, and and it and it does happen, but they just don't come by the dozen. And this is coming up on the on the fiftieth anniversary of Secretariat, you know, winning the Triple Crown, the most you know impressive thoroughbred horse of all time. So the the sports uh, thoroughbred horse racing is going through a little bit of a transition right now, but you know they'll they'll obviously come well, out on the on the good end. Yes, so they came up with this idea to suspend you know racing for a while at, at Churchill Downs. You know they had uh, investigation last week to talk about what they were going to do and how they were going to proceed. To me, there's something not right about having 
uh, an organization investigate themselves. That's, that's very true, especially in a in a in a sport where there's lots of questions about. Okay, is is this really on the up and up? What's going on with these horses and these trainers sure. and these owners and all these things that are adding up to this pr- the the price tag of horse racing is so outrageous yeah, I, that the only way to sustain it is to do things that you would not normally do. I can tell you, you know, you guys know, I've told you before, I covered I covered horse racing at that level for uh, many years in a row, a long time ago, and you know, you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised at the stuff that that does go on. Um, there's a lot of you know a lot of hanky panky for lack of a of a better word. Oh. But for but for the most part for the most part at that level it, it's pretty solid. If we didn't have all those dead horses, Arby's would be out of horsey sauce. <laughs> well, Isn't that how they make that? Stuff? I believe it is. How they yeah. make well, that we'll stuff, take yeah. all the uh, dead horses from the uh, Belmont Stakes and we'll uh, we'll chop them up and here's your horse. That's sauce. why they call them the Belmont Stakes. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like oh, how you're thinking. Oh, you know what, uh, Bax? I think of the three of us. I'm thinking this guy right yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ironically, though. Is there's so many problems in horse racing, uh, glue futures are going through the roof. They're oh, going yeah. through yeah. the roof. <laughs> they really are. You want to sell? You want to sell? Uh, you know, you want to grind their bones into softballs like they used to do, or you know, have some gl- some mucilage around the house. <laughs> that's going to work out fine for everybody. Hey, one more thing. Uh, uh, the U.S. Open is in a couple weeks. Golf now. Um, at sites uh, all around, uh, at literally, you know, North America. Uh, players are are going through the final round of qualifying for those who are not already in the field. Yeah. Uh, one of them is Richie Warinsky from South Hadley. He's trying to qualify up in Toronto, and because the uh, uh, the Can- I think the Canadian Open is uh, is this week. So good luck to Richie trying to get in the U.S. Open. Very good. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. All right. All Scott right. Cohen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. A cigar gives a man that massive. It's uh, 726. So well, back to he- Nagel and Rock 102. Well, hello. 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 Yeah, I was kind of like looking ahead and I, uh, That's I failed to realize it was five seconds left. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's Cohen. And uh, coming up next hour, I'll tell you the keyword to cash your chance to win $1,000. I feel like we've done this for several weeks now. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of on yeah. our uh, second or third month when, of it. When does it end? It ends the end of this month, doesn't it? Uh, uh, no, the middle of the month. I think it's like another week or so. Oh, right before the summer starts. Yes. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So right. uh, keep uh, keep your eyes open for that, 8 o'clock. Uh, you know, yesterday I had a, I had a great day yesterday. We had the, the uh, my kids' little league. They had, like, picture day. Yeah. But then we, we, you know, it was turned into one of these, like, family fun day uh, kind of things. Where they had all the players come out from the entire league, and 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 here's the thing, there's not that many people out where I live, right? So, but so it was a nice, like, well attended event, and everybody knows each other, and everybody knows each other, and there was nobody like, you know, it wasn't like you're in a crowd full of people at the Big E uh, trying to escape the smell of weed smoke and <laughs> and vodka. Um, it was a, it was a nice day, and like yeah. everybody chipped in. One of the coaches cooked. The other coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, led the team for like a scrimmage kind of thing. Then the moms came. They put the bake sale out. They did the raffles. They did all yeah. this kind of stuff. They had big bounce house and volleyball and all that stuff. It was a, it was a nice day. And That's it was, nice. It, it makes me, you know, uh, it just reaffirms my my adoration for small communities small town you know i the town i grew up in uh, small town living yeah and, yeah. and you know, when people gathered you know it was always like uh, you know everybody yeah and you know i talked to you know uh, my my sister who lives down in georgia quite often her kids are grown now but when they were growing up 
it's a huge metro area down there. Yeah. There's like when you try to get on those teams, like you have to try out because there's just too many kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not fun. That's not fun to to have to do. Uh, you know, so and and this it's just a nice uh, community event. I that's was, cool. I was pretty happy to be a part of that. That's so, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice when you're with, with a group that you you know. Yeah. Uh, I like and, and and oddly like so over the weekend I met this uh, this college reunion mm-hmm. and what they did I think was a big mistake. They actually had a bunch of classes celebrating together. So you actually had to go out and search for the people you knew as opposed to being in a room where it it's only people you knew. And, and that was kind of a that was kind of a odd but it, but you know i agree i mean it's kind of nice to feel like you're a part of a community yeah. in one place oh and we got bleachers they put bleachers. them together yesterday as like a as like a community project you all were out there with the well, well, with wrenches and stuff they had purchased uh you know at some point during the season they had purchased we have no bleachers at the field oh, see this yeah. is this is the downside of being the small communities you don't really have a whole lot of money yeah to you know buy you know you go over to long meadow and i yes i know they worked hard for that but come on there's yeah. a little more opportunity to, to to raise a little bit more funds over there for see, like, like nice stuff small town baseball is a whole yeah. lot better when your your parents can sit you know down the third base line in a uh in a like a like a lawn chair well, that's, that's, that's what we do. We, yeah. we sit with the lawn chair. There's not, there's not a whole. I haven't seen that. The lawn chair and cooler. We had, we had the uh, the comedian the comedian on uh, on Friday, Brian Bowden uh, from from Cabot Comedy. Yeah, and he had, we was talking. He was doing this bit about how like him taking his kid to these games and he's going there high. <laughs> okay. Because you know, and people are shunning him, but yet all these moms are sitting out there with their little you know wine. Uh, bags or whatever, and you know, having a good time. Right. You know, there's none. Of, there's none of that going on. At least I don't see it, and you don't see anybody getting out of hand or any, you know, kind of thing like that. <laughs> I kind of don't think that's really appropriate for a kid's no thing to no. be. Uh, but you, you know, could you could have water or soda or snacks inside that cooler too. Well, that's usually what I. Well, I usually stop at the Cumbies and then you know load up on iced coffee and and trail mix. See, and yeah. here, here you are thinking that I was uh, alluding to some sort of uh, functioning alcoholic day drinking thing. No, because that happens in those bigger, <laughs> in those bigger cities. You know, you, you have to drink to kind of like be loosened up and uh, meet everybody. We so. got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert for 33 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rum Hyundai. Go to Gary Rum today and get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The West Springfield Fire Department was sent to the intersections of Kings Highway and Elm Street for a two-car accident on Sunday. According to the department, there was a motor vehicle accident at the intersection of Kings Highway and Elm Street Sunday evening. Because I just felt like I had to reiterate that by using different words. Yeah, but didn't something happen on Kings Highway and Elm Street? Yeah, two cars were involved in an accident. (laughs) And where was that? Uh, that was at the uh, intersection of Kings Highway and Elm Street. Mm. When was that? That was Sunday evening. Sunday evening. Yeah. The road was blocked off by the accident, but that has since reopened. There's no word on what the cause of the accident was or if there were any injuries. But will you be able to get through the intersection of Kings Highway and Elm Street? Uh, maybe. Maybe. That would be good to know. The uh, Springfield Police Department seized a large quantity of heroin after a traffic stop in Spring... Er, wait a minute. A traffic stop in Chicopee. How does that work? I don't know. Springfield Police 
Would that be uh, beyond their jurisdiction? Uh, yeah. According to the State Police Association of Massachusetts, on May 29th, members of the Mass State Police in Springfield. Oh, State Police in Springfield. Oh, that well, that's makes different than Springfield difference. Police. Yeah. yeah uh, 22 News putting the D in jurisdiction, right? <laughs> the uh, vehicle of the. Uh, they stopped the vehicle uh, for. or for marked lanes as well as speeding violations. The driver of the vehicle provided a fake name to the trooper because he had had multiple outstanding warrants. The driver was placed under arrest, and after a search of the vehicle, uh, a large number of wax folds containing a substance that is consistent with heroin were found. A total of 350 individually wrapped packets were found in the vehicle. The suspect will be facing multiple vehicle and narcotics charges in addition to the multiple outstanding warrants. Can you imagine that? You spent all afternoon putting all that heroin in that wax paper. 350 of them. That's a lot. That's you know, that's time-consuming stuff. Yeah. Only to have it confiscated by the police because you couldn't drive uh, smartly in the, the city of Trigabee. Ridiculous. That's absolute. That's a nightmare. It's an outrage is what it is. And it's, a, it's a waste of good, <laughs> uh, of, uh, you know, of good hard labor. All that time. All that time spent. <clears throat> exactly my point. A uh, trafficking weight of cocaine was seized in Springfield after an investigation into illegal activity is Johnny's Family Convenience Store. The Springfield Firearms Investigation Unit, assisted by members of the Hamden DA's Safe Unit and the Chicopee Canine Unit, has seized a large-capacity firearm, more than $5,700 in cash, five mass DTA cards, and approximately 42.4 grams of cocaine. After several months of investigating illegal activity at Johnny's Family Convenience Store on Montmorency Street. I don't know how to say that. That's close enough. Montmorency Street. During surveillance on Thursday, detectives saw two people walk in the store and exit shortly uh, without any bags or items from the stores. They got back in a car and drove away. At around 4.15 p.m., a traffic stop was conducted for that vehicle on Plainfield Street. The driver, identified as 33-year-old Calvin Rogers of West Springfield, was driving with a suspended license and was placed under arrest. The passenger, 34-year-old Alex Gar of West Springfield, was arrested uh, after cocaine was recovered from him. Uh, around 6 p.m., FIU detectives executed a search warrant at Johnny's Family Convenience Store. Upon arrival, 52-year-old Renfis Santos Vega of West Springfield was behind the register. Another individual identified as 38-year-old Rafael Vargas. Vargas! of Springfield was found inside of a bathroom attempting to allegedly get rid of the cocaine in mm-hmm. the sink. Oh, that's right. my cocaine sink over there. Yeah. All right, so, you know, had you not mentioned the thing about the sink, if I'm the uh, the defense attorney here, okay, how many of us have walked in a, into a convenience store and then walked out of there with nothing? Sometimes you yeah. go to a convenience store thinking, well, gee, I wonder if they've got, uh, uh, like, a Diet Dr. Pepper. And they don't. They don't. And you, yeah. and you just say, well, the hell with it. I'm going to go to another store. Just because you walk out of a convenience store with nothing in your hands doesn't mean that something, uh, that there's, uh, there's some, some you know, odd goings on. Yeah. That in itself is not. Now, if you walk in there and the guy see a guy dumping a bunch of, a bunch of cocaine down a, down a sink. All right. Well, that's a clue. <laughs> what, what would make, what would give something away that something illegal was going on by a man dumping cocaine down a sink? Um, probably a, a cocaine crusted uh, <laughs> plunger trying to get the uh, the sink unclogged. Hey, is that cocaine you're dumping down that sink? No, we just have a lot of comet, and I want to get rid of it. 
I, I, right. I, I spilled yeah. all the comets, and now I got to find a thing to do with it. <laughs> Detective seized a load, lar- uh, loaded large capacity firearm, which was stolen out of Virginia. Uh, approximately, I told you all this stuff, didn't I? What was what was found? The name of the name on Johnny's family convenience store business certificate is Johnny Sustash. <laughs> That sounds like the fake name yeah. that the other guy gave in the other story. Uh, what's your name? Johnny Sustash. <laughs> now he'll be Johnny Suspect. Yes, he will. He will <laughs> receive a criminal complaint uh, for firearms and drug charges. He's currently incarcerated as open firearms and narcotics cases. Where's your boss? He's in jail. <laughs> for what? Narcotics. What do you got in the bag back there? Narcotics. <laughs> Well, thank you for thank you for cooperating with our investigation. Well, like, you go into a convenience store like this. Do they have like the big gulp of uh, you know of methamphetamine that you can buy? <laughs> you, know, you get that hot dog that's yeah. been rolling under that heat lamp for like six weeks, and yeah. you, you rather than, you put mustard, onions, yeah, crystal meth, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that nacho cheese? No, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's coke cream. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that the guy is still incarcerated is is kind of funny to me that <clears throat> that happened. God. Uh the church in Spencer, a fire that burned down a 160-year-old Massachusetts church was likely started by a lightning strike, a fire chief said. The first congregational church in Spencer caught Friday or caught fire Friday afternoon when a storm was moving through the area. Video shows the steeple falling as the building was engulfed in flames. Spencer Fire Chief Robert Parsons said uh, in an email Saturday that uh, lightning likely started the fire. He said the building was a complete loss. No injuries were reported, which drew nearly 100 firefighters from close to 20 departments. Wow. It was, uh, that's a hell of a fire. Remember, something that's 100 and, was 160 years old, because it had burned down once right. uh, in the first 80 years it was open. Then they rebuilt it. But you got to remember that it's like a matchbook. That wood is so dry. What town is this again? This is Spencer. This is Spencer. It so was the, like the historic so the other, church in Spencer. So the other aspect of it is, and this is unfortunate, is you know, a lot of these towns are understaffed mm-hmm. uh, in their fire departments. Why they have to call into you know so many other towns for mutual aid. Yeah. And a lot of these towns are all volunteer. Not to say that a volunteer fire fire department doesn't do a great job men do terrific work but it's like you know a, a fire that big requires a lot of help yeah and, and you uh, know, spencer's you know depending on where in spencer you're at it's not always easy to get to and that's the thing i mean even though you got mutual aid you're talking like it takes 30 minutes to, to get from yeah. one town to the next i mean obviously you're going to go a little bit faster with a fire truck but it still takes crucial minutes uh, that you could have been there already. Yeah, and and uh, 150 year old wood burns very fast. You ever have 150 year old wood? I'm not that old. You're not. You're not that. You're not quite there yet. Not even close. Uh, if you're at a Sonic drive-in and you want a hot dog and a Coke, you're probably expecting Coca-Cola, not cocaine. An unnamed female customer. Unless you're at that convenience store in Springfield. Johnny's. I went to Johnny's Convenience. (laughs) An unnamed female customer went to a Sonic drive-in in New Mexico last Tuesday afternoon and ordered a Coney dog. And when she bit into it, she found a plastic bag filled with some kind of white powder. 
You ever have a Coney? They're white hot dogs. Uh, yeah, I have had those. Yeah, they're delicious. They're fantastic. It's uh, like a Central New York thing. That's it's usually yeah. got like the the hard snappy skin on it, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think it's uh they call them Coney. Are they from Coney Island, Franks? Is that what it was? Pro- ultimately, yeah, probably. But uh, they're, they're absolutely delicious, but not this one. It turned out the bag was cocaine. Fortunately, she didn't ingest any of it. She called the police, and they arrested a 54-year-old man who worked at the Sonic. He inadvertently placed the baggie in her order as he was preparing it. Oh, boy. Mm. You know, it's always... Uh, are you... What kind of job are you running that you have your cocaine nearby? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, nearby that you yeah. accidentally put it into the bag. Well, maybe this is the way they we were trying to conceal it, and you know, you, you, let's, let's let's say you're preparing three, you know, four hot dogs. Yeah, any number really, and uh, you're preparing them all, and then you put like uh, the, the the mustard on, on it, but you know, you can't remember. Oh God, mm-hmm. no, which which hot dog did I put the cocaine in? Now, now it, it's a yeah, yeah, we'll just wrap the crapshoot. Yeah, we'll just wrap it up and see who gets it. Yeah, like the guy who the guy who ordered the cocaine hot dog didn't get it. Goes to somebody else who tells the cops. In the surveillance footage, he gets stressed. It looks like he lost something. He reportedly admitted to buying the cocaine earlier in the parking lot. The man <laughs> was charged with felony possession. Wow, that's a mighty burger you put together. Where'd you learn that? I used to work at Johnny's Convenience in Springfield. <laughs> Oh, their reputation precedes them. Yeah. Your Pioneer Valley did, Fork. Did, did you have the uh, the sink detail that day? Uh, yes, the Coke sink <laughs> detail. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be cloudy this morning, then rainy later on this afternoon with a high of 72. Rainy tomorrow with a high of 73. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Once- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 750 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today and then rainy this afternoon with a high of 72. Tomorrow, uh, rainy with a high of 73. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. Imagine a scenario where I tell you a word and you have the possibility of winning $1,000. Imagine if we could do something like that every day for like a month and a half. We actually should do that. Well, we are. In fact, uh, at 8 o'clock, 11, 2, and 5, the keyword to cash be tossed out there for you. And when you hear it, you're going to want to enter that keyword into rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win 1000 bucks. Play every weekday to increase your chances of winning. It's your chance to put $1,000 in your pocket with the keyword to cash. Brought to you by TextMeForTires.com, Kim Keo of the Nielsen team, Livian Keller-Williams, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classics of Rock. I'm going to uh, sh- uh, maybe uh, suggest to the brass, the company brass that uh, runs these contests. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, maybe give us some of that money, you know, uh, along the way. Well, like, they uh, would, you know what? But they Instead, would argue, well, we give you some of that money. Yes, but if you, let's say, mm. uh, you know, for our effort into reading these clues each and mm. every day, a uh, thousand bucks a week will be held back. That way, we only do it four days a week, and then you and I get uh, yeah. five hundred bucks each for the week. Well, I like that idea. Yeah, you know, quite frankly, quite frankly, remembering to do it on time, telling you the word, spelling it, using it a sentence, spelling it a second time—it's exhausting. Sometimes I feel like I need to take a nap after something like that. I'm I'm also going to suggest that the very last day we do this, the word should be finally. Like this is finally over. You know, but we'll, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Okay. Until that day comes and be, uh, you can now hear this. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> you ever wonder uh, 
how actors keep from getting excited during a steamy scene in a movie? I've always asked how that happens. Here's Hollywood intimacy coordinator Dr. Jessica Steinrock. All right. All right. Explaining how she helps male actors not get a, quote, vascular reaction. One of the many reasons we use both a modesty garment and a barrier when filming spicy scenes is to make sure that if a vascular reaction does happen, there's padded protection to make sure that the scene partner never needs to feel anything. And you can ask for a break for whatever reason, and you never need to tell me why. A vascular reaction. Yeah. I've never heard it referred to as that before. I've heard of the rigid digit. <laughs> or the slow dance chubby. Or punching the clown. <laughs> or exponential growth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, right. Stephanie Mini. But a vascular event. I've never I've never heard of that before. Well, uh, that's what you call doodle cramps sometimes. <laughs> sometimes that works. It, that Everybody's got a different name for something, right? Oh, of course. Uh, a Nashville grandfather lost almost 60 pounds by eating McDonald's for 100 straight days. Here is Kevin McGinnis explaining how he did that. I woke up this morning and I weighed in at 238 pounds and I decided that that is absolutely unacceptable. So I drove down to McDonald's. I'm going to eat nothing but McDonald's for the next 100 days. But instead of eating everything they give me, I'm going to go ahead and cut the meals in half. He cut the meals in half every okay. day. Okay, all right. And, that and did he it. lost 60 pounds. Yeah, well, if you're that big, you know, he probably doesn't do any kind of exercise. Once you start cutting your calories in half... Yeah, then that, of course you're going to lose weight. Of course you're going to lose weight. Right, but... The idea, what's his cholesterol like? What is, you know, I mean, if you're just solely eating McDonald's all day long... I mean, it's also a possibility you're losing so much weight because all that junk food is... Ripping a hole in your colon the size of a pellet. I'm the kind of person that, uh, you know, when I do go to a McDonald's, like if, if I'm out running with the kids and we got to stop somewhere. Right. I feel like it's like, yes, I want a double cheeseburger. And then I eat the double cheeseburger and I, it's like shameful regret. Like you just had a one night <laughs> stand with somebody that you really didn't want to. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's like the waddle of shame away from the counter at McDonald's. Oddly enough, while you're eating it, yeah. you're gobbling it down like it's one, the last meal you'll ever have, yeah. and then two, it's the greatest meal you've ever had. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. You, you get back into your you get back into your car or you drive away. It is a it is a moment of regret. It's like when you're finished watching pornography. Yes. Like at the end, you're like, oh my, you know, you're in the moment you're into it. But once you're like, oh my God, I'm a filthy person. <laughs> I'm a filthy why am I even why am I even excited? by this it's not even so much that i uh, watch pornography right. it's what i chose to watch while i was watching pornography a uh, boater was arrested in charge while driving under the influence after being caught passed out at the helm and seen barreling towards a crowded <laughs> beach he claimed to not have consumed any alcohol even though there was an empty beer can in plain sight here's the moment two sheriffs interrogated him along with his also passed out passenger where'd you park do you know where you are now? Right now, I'm, I think we're way out of the way. Okay. How much have you had to drink? We don't have no alcohol. I'm looking at an empty beer can. Uh, oh, I wasn't drinking. I've been busted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Where are you now? We're way out of the way. <laughs> That's I, not a wrong answer. No, he's, no, he's, he's yeah. out of the way. And, yeah. and when he, but where he fell apart is when, yeah. how much have you had to drink today? 
And uh, I'm completely sober. The selling out uh, outdoor sports venues uh, have its drawbacks when you're making millions of dollars. Yes, yeah. maybe. For Taylor Swift, it has at least one. Bugs flying around in the lights. She swallowed one while talking to the crowd last night at Soldier Field in Chicago. Just swallowed a bucket. <laughs> 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 and she has another new song. <laughs> so I'm just going to try not to do as, as many of those. This is going to happen. Oh, she swallowed a bug. Yeah, that's oh, too bad. oh, that's, that's so too funny. Bad. I'm glad I paid $1,500 to see this. <laughs> you know, but 20 years from now, you were saying, you know, I was at the show where Taylor Swift choked on a bug. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, thought she'd be full from all the broken dreams from all the people that couldn't afford a ticket to her show. I'm going to I'm gonna frame this ticket stub the day she choked on a bug. Uh, and it's 7.57, and that is now Hear This with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.11 and the great Billy Squire. On Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be uh, mostly cloudy this morning, then some rain showers this afternoon with a high of 72. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. Before we get into the uh, the next course of today's menu, I would like to uh, announce the keyword to cash. Are you ready for this, Steve? I am ready. Okay. You could win $1,000 with today's keyword, which happens to be, and I quote, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. The word is success that's success s-u-c-c-e-s-s all right as in i have successfully won a thousand dollars from rock 102 the keyword to cash you just go to rock 102.com enter the word success for your chance to win a grand you could have until midnight tonight to enter that word in and uh, it could be yours Again, success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Good luck for Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. That's one of those words that I like didn't realize had two C's in it yeah. until actually you just spelled it out for me. I think if you had any success in your life, it would be much easier to spell. Probably. I don't mean that as an insult. I'm, no, talk- I'm talking in general, like you know, anyone trying to figure out how to sell it. Uh, spell it correctly. I haven't figured that out yet. No, I know, but yeah, but, yeah. but you know, One uh, but uh, I was t- I was referring more to you know to other people. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. maybe even uh, less down and out than you. I get you. Okay. Hey, right. uh, guess what we got? What do we got? We got a letter. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Hurry, try that on letters. Oh, we got letters. Let's kind of let a doctor say, oh boy. Mailman, mail today. This coming from a public official this morning. Okay. David Baxson Steve. He's referring to our boss, not that other guy. Are you no, sure? Yes. Well, I don't need, I don't know. Maybe he that, was confused, hadn't listened to Rock 102 since last summer, Yeah, and uh, realized uh, maybe I should do uh, Oh, that's the David. Because I'm getting some flashbacks right now, and they're not pretty. Yeah, it's PTSD, isn't it? You want to break out <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the horror? You let me know when you want to break out the bourbon. I got that emergency bottle. All right, I'm ready. Uh, dear uh, Bax and Steve, uh, I'm a member of the Ludlow School Committee and would appreciate it if the media would report honestly on policy proposal. You're talking about this book thing that's going on. Yeah. You wanting to 
regulate the books. First off, it is not a book ban policy. There is no list of books that is up for banning. The policy is for acquiring library resources, one that sets parameters and allows community input through a 30-day posting period and school committee vote when purchasing resources for our school libraries, each with a target age group. The policy gives guidance for elementary, middle, and high school levels, something the current policy is lacking. My opinion is that when spending taxpayer money, the more transparency and community input, the better, and an acquisition policy that allows us to get the best bang for the buck to meet or enhance the educational goals for the district would be a positive. You also failed to mention that the explicit excerpt the mom read that you were so cautious not to break CDC protocol when speaking about it. Actually, I wasn't I was I wasn't breaking FCC protocol. Yeah, the uh, Center for Disease <laughs> yeah. Control is not really the uh, yeah. the body that oversees what we do. Uh, when speaking about it was in a middle school library for 10 to 14 year old children. The book is suggested for 18 plus. Would you read that to your 10-year-old daughter? There has been a long-standing issue with explicit content first brought to the attention of the community four to five years ago by about 20 teachers sending a letter that they were concerned about content in the middle school library. At least one was fired. A shot across the bow. To, bow? Bow. What is the it? bow. Bow. Shot across the bow to the rest. Yeah, this guy's worried about me uh, looking at books. I can't even read his you don't even know. You don't even understand his nautical references. No, no. Uh, many of the other teachers were pressured into silence and either left the district or complied. The argument uh, that kids have access through their phones and computers is a stupid one. Why do we have filters on the school internet? Parents can also parents can also monitor their, and filter their kids' internet and phone usage with this same reasoning because kids can buy weed, coke, and meth on the street. We should be handing out that freely to school too. Well, no, that's that's not that's not the school's job. That, that's comparing apples to oranges. It is. Uh, if parents are in with their kids having access to this explicit material, they can uh, purchase it or go to the public library. We should all be able to agree with common sense and the reason that there should be a line not to be crossed in regards to content accessible to children in the school, but it seems there isn't any wording in the current vague policy or anyone at the ALA or the school administration willing to draw that line. The concerned parents of Ludlow that took up this cause, the teachers were silenced, have always had the same focus. Age-appropriate materials, transparency, honest communication between staff and admin and parents on sensitive private gender issues. And for their concerns to be heard, thank you, Ron Saloyo, school committee member over in Ludlow. Well, then why did they just say that? Say what? What did he just say? <laughs> what said? he just said? With all, all that stuff that he said. You know, the more I look at these policies, it, it's basically creating like almost the Gestapo of people to decide what your kids are going to be reading in school. Well, haven't they always done that? Yes. I mean, that's that's kind of a school's job is well, to determine what your kids should be reading. But what, what he's taking issue with is the content of some of these books. Now, I'll say it again. Is the Holy Bible available at well, the school? Actually, as I'm as I read this email yesterday and i and i i, I read it through because i was kind of con- you know I, I was interested in what you know the point he was going to make i and i can understand what they're talking about that it's not necessarily you know here's a stack of books and they're saying yeah that's good no that's not that's not good or that's acceptable this one isn't what they're saying is as they try to refurbish the 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 inventory of books in age-appropriate uh you know libraries 
they want to be able to have everybody participate in that in that decision. So, like for example, you wouldn't have the, because there's four school libraries in the in the town of Ludlow. You wouldn't necessarily have the books that you would find at the high school at the elementary school. So they're determining which books should go where and which books should not go, you know, somewhere. There's, there, they be, don't do that now. They don't well, like th- what they're trying to do is establish some parameters. And I kind of, I mean, I I understand what he's trying to say. We were not the ones who just came up with the idea of a book ban. But he's not. It's not a ban. I know that. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. We weren't the ones to use that specific language first. There were many people that were concerned that this was in fact a book ban. What this, what uh, Ron uh, Saloya was saying, is that this is really about establishing uh, some some parameters so that there are no. There are no questions that what happens in the elementary school library uh, is is you don't want those books in the high school either because that doesn't make any any sense. These are just age appropriate, you know, content appropriate books in different facilities. And for that point, I understand I understand why there should be parameters. I would think that those parameters would have been in place anyway. But if they're not, then you know, then they want. They they want them in writing, but the only the only thing that that gets me about this is that now you have this ability to say, okay, we're going to take these, uh, we're going to have uh, people look at them, and then if people complain about them, then we'll take them off the list. That's kind of how I'm I'm reading this, right? Is that uh, am I understanding it I that way? Like the public is going to have a they i i think what it will happen is that they will be having that discussion in further school committee me- meetings about mm-hmm. what books are appropriate for that for the library I, and which ones may be appropriate for a curriculum but how much of this is really a problem well you know the thing is who who is really being is there is there instances of children being tainted and morally uh, deconstructed by the books that are available well, at I, this school? I don't know specifically whether there was an incident in the Ludlow library system or in the schools. I do know that in some school systems, and it's not just Ludlow, it's a lot of them, if a parent complains to the school committee about a particular book that their kid has to read, and that parent is not just satisfied with an apology (laughs) and threatens some sort of action school committees have a tendency to uh jump immediately because the last thing a school committee or a school administration wants to deal with is an angry parent that's one thing that they do not like to deal with and if lawsuits and lawyers get involved or advocates get involved or whatever it may be schools have a tendency to you know, try to you know make accommodations but, a, a, because they feel like they have no other choice. The, the the only thing though is like once you start nitpicking which books are allowed and which books aren't, then you're now taking you, Yeah, but that's not what they're saying here. That's not that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is we've got four libraries. Each one serves a different 
I get, I get that part, but you're still going to have people decide. There's going to be a group of people who actually finally decides which books are allowed and which books aren't. That's the point of that. I get, I get that part. But, uh, I get, I get that part. But from his perspective, from Ron Saloyo's perspective, I think he's thinking, okay, that is that is a leap that we have not crossed yet, that we haven't had that but, situation face itself my my concern is more that okay i get it you don't want uh, stories about bjs being read to 10 year olds right that's kind of what you know what that issue was that was the excerpt that the person read from that book at the right. school meet school i will tell you meet. that if you read it to like a 44 year old or a 55 year old that, oh, would help, that would definitely help put me to sleep i could not put this down <laughs> um this is a but, masterpiece and I'm trying to like kind of word this the way I don't know if it, sometimes I think things in my head. And yeah, I'm not sure if they come out right. But let's just say now you have a group of people, and then all of a sudden you now have uh, like educational books, like true educational books. And I'll bring up that example of the National Geographic thing we were talking about last week, where we'd uh, you know open up the pages when we were in middle school and go look boobies, you know, because yeah. they were. It was nudity that was allowed because that was part of a culture that you were studying. Or, or well, no, we weren't studying that. We're uh, still looking at boobies. We're still looking at boobies. But uh, then that brings into question: you're going to be able to ban those books too. All right. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but because what if somebody takes issue with that? Then well, here, well, so here's yeah. here's the thing. Listen, I, I you know the First Amendment, which gives me the right to to participate in free speech. I'm a big believer in. I'm not a believer in in you know banning speech or you know uh, restricting speech, but that doesn't mean that all speech is covered under that uh, under that constitutional protection. There are certain you know exclusions to that. Certain things that that may or may not be true. When it talks about book banning, you know that may be something that they may deal with later down the road, where a book comes into the library system and they have to determine is this appropriate for for which school would this almost be appropriate for and that the to set the parameters and say it wouldn't be uh, you know appropriate for middle school or elementary school it may be appropriate for high school depending upon what some of the other themes of the book may be so i mean i think you have to consider the idea that to, to have those parameters in place are all they're talking about and when situations arrive where books may be too mature or too salacious or too controversial they'll get to that they will get to that bridge when they come to it but until now setting the parameters in place may be all they can do ron saloy is like what's his name what's his name uh saloyo saloyo is like the john lithgow of the town that's banning dancing this is our. I don't. I don't. This think is the so. Northeast version of Footloose. Well, I don't believe. Yeah. I don't, don't believe. No, so? I don't. I don't believe. Oh, oh. I don't believe he is. All we need is a Kenny Loggins tune to make it all perfect. Success. It's eight twenty-five on Rock One Hundred Two. It's eight twenty-seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. It's going to be uh, mostly cloudy this morning, and then rainy this afternoon. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of seventy-three. It's fifty-three right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, real quick, you miss any part of uh, today's fascinating show? You can uh, check out the daily podcast. It gets posted every uh, every day after ten o'clock. And if you miss something today, you can listen to it every day and well feel like it. Also, Baxi's musical podcast. 
I'm really excited about this one. We're going to talk. I talked to a guitar legend, Carlos Alomar. This is a guy who, from 1974 to 2003, was the longest-serving member of David Bowie's uh, band. He was the, uh, the musical director for David Bowie, an enormously talented guy, and his resume is amazing. He's played on more than 30 gold or platinum albums, played with everybody from James Brown to Bruce Springsteen to Duran Duran to Alicia Keys, Luther Vandross, The Pretenders. It, just, it goes on forever. It's a really cool interview, and it's available wherever you find podcasts and brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers. Carlos Alomar on Baxi's Musical Podcast. That sounds pretty damn cool. It's 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 one of the best I've had, without question. Oh, really good one. All right. Well, I might just sell on that just to get people to listen. I really mean it. This this was an outstanding interview. I will have to listen to it. Yes, you should. It's eight twenty nine, and we got news next on Rock One Hundred Two. Here's your Western Mass news first alert. Eight thirty one. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it is brought to you by the very fine folks of Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today, get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. An Amherst family has been left to assess the damage and pick up the pieces after a fire Friday destroyed their dairy barn. Friday was another typical day for Michael at J&J Farms in Amherst when the weather took a drastic turn. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, we were in the barn, the, in the milking facility, just finishing up milking our cows when this big, huge black cloud and bolts of lightning began. Lightning hit the 100-year-old farm and destroyed barns and damaged a house on the property. Fire officials said it took hours to battle the flames. Thankfully, there were no injuries and the animals are safe. Uh, he also explained, not in my wildest dreams this would ever happen. Hundreds of acres surrounding me and lightning had to hit the barn. You know As what? you can see, it takes everything. <sighs> you know, farmers have it rough enough yeah you know i mean it, it's hard enough to be a, a farmer even a successful farmer is a lot of work and a difficult mm-hmm. uh, a, a difficult job and then to have it all kind of gone away because mother nature you know smacked you with a with a you know bolt of lightning that's awful what it an is. awful thing to have happen uh they are the family is grateful for the community's support as a gofundme has been set up to help pay for the damages caused farms have also helped by taking in their cows oh it's the the cow share program if you had a neighbor, yeah, said Steve, I just had a terrible uh, human tragedy. Uh, my property is destroyed. Would you take my cow? Would you take the cow? Of course, I'd take the cow. I'd take the cow. You'd have to tell me how to take care of it, though. I don't know how to take care of a cow. Well, I, I mean, I would make it a, like a house cow. I know you feed the dog twice a day and uh, water it. Uh, yeah, uh, but I think there's a little more that goes into taking care of a cow than uh, you know, like a, well, yeah, a cat or a dog or even a hamster. What a cow really wants is to eat grass all day. And if a cow, you know, wanted to eat my lawn, I could save a fortune and, uh, you know. I don't think they eat that grass, do they? Sure they do. They love grass. Grass-fed beef is the best, uh, the best beef. This grass, is, uh, grass-fed dairy. Good dairy. Where did you get all this bovine knowledge? Steve, I, uh, <clears throat> I know quite a lot about, uh, about cows and how Gee, they yeah. are. You know, in uh, the town of Rehoboth, we had more than our share of uh, of cows well, around the around town. Well, I grew up in a very rural area in upstate New York, and mm-hmm. I, there was lots of cows around there. But I don't know the like the workings of the oh. dairy cow. Steve, there's some days I'd walk around town, you know, uh, on the bus, and just uh, open the window and get a yeah. good fresh breath of dairy air. Da- Ooh, I like that yeah. dairy air. Yeah, um, you, you know, I uh, my my only experience with the dairy farming 
was uh, a girl I was friends with in high school. Her, yeah. her family owned this dairy farm. And uh, I remember being there one day on like a Friday afternoon, and the the mascot guy shows up. You know what the mascot guy is? No. It's the bull semen guy. Oh, mascot. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, and uh, I got to see how that whole process works. That uh, that really damaged me as a 17-year-old boy. Well, I mean, honestly, someone's got to collect that stuff. Somebody's got to put it in there, too. That, that's, yes, the, that, that's the... Yes, I mean, it's a, listen, it... It's not a glamorous no industry to uh, to own cows, and you wear like half a hazmat suit while you're putting it in there. Because uh, it gets a little messy. One of my best friends from high school had cows. Yeah, and uh, you reminded me of them about the mascot. I actually forgot because when you say yeah. mascot guy, I'm thinking what the uh, you know boomer from the, the Thunderbirds was there. I mean that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but um, but yes, I remember there were some things where. Um, much, much like a magic show, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the man, my uh, my friend's dad's arm would completely disappear <sighs> near the near the cow. Right, and, and, right, and it's, right, it's, right. It's frightening stuff if you have to like uh, you know manipulate the cow's stomach chambers. Sometimes they get all twisty, and it ain't pretty. It's disgusting. It actually. is. It is not. It, it's it, uh, it's uh, probably one of the grossest things I've ever seen done. But completely necessary. That's the thing. That's how you make more dairy cows. That's that's how you do it. Now let's uh, back it up. Beep beep beep. Right. Beep beep beep. It, it would go back uh, where where the mascot came from. Yeah. I bet you that farm is a whole lot of fun, huh? Uh. Theoretically, sure. Was that H.J. Farms? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess you could say that. And yeah. is it like, you know, when you walk into the, the, the barn, is it just like a bunch of stalls or is there like disco lights and uh, smooth music to get you in the mood because I, you I, know I, that this bull is going to have the time of his life for I, the next I think uh, what, 12 hours? I think what you do is you dim the lights in the barn, yeah. put on some uh, romantic music, uh, Johnny Mathis perhaps, uh, and then you slowly uh, sweet talk the cow, and uh, you know, say, "Listen, uh, I've always found you attractive, but um, I want to try something that yeah. you might think is a little weird." Yeah, if you follow me on this one, I don't know <laughs> if I even need a mate right now. I got this. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's it's it is a yeah. it's it's a part of dairy farming that is unglamorous. And is perhaps disgusting. Is it unglamorous? Because this guy seemed to be having a good time, uh, you know. Well, some guys yeah. are very good at their jobs and you know, find some level of satisfaction but in what they do. You don't really want the guy who's way into it. They're like, hey, uh, you know, it's time to inseminate those cows. Oh, baby. Today <laughs> is my day, my <laughs> friends. It is springtime. Love is in the air. <laughs> And I'm going to put it in the dairy. Oh, you that's know what right. I'm saying, baby? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, bossy's yeah. going to feel a surprise oh, today. She is. 
But the tragedy is yeah, the, the tra- barn burned the down. The barn burned down, and let's, there's a good GoFundMe going on, and I think you should donate yeah, to here, it. Here we are cracking wise, but yet, you know, the, the bottom line is it's a terrible situation. Listen, uh, even after tragedy, laughter is always the best medicine. Yes, I, I totally agree. You don't think uh, you don't think that anybody's listening up there at that farm going, you know what? Out of all this tragedy, hey, you know what? They got some pretty good jokes on that show. Yeah, you know, we've been crying for three straight days, yeah. but the Pax and Nagel show made us smirk for half a second. Thank you, Bax and Nagel. You're welcome. The Russell Montgomery Police Department is reminding residents to lock their cars after several break-ins were reported. According to the Russell Montgomery Police Department, several cars have been broken into overnight in the Westfield-Russell area. That, well, wouldn't the Westfield Police be involved in that then? Mm-hmm. Then it would be the Westfield-Russell-Montgomery Police uh, this serves as a reminder to make sure your doors are locked. It is asked that if you believe your vehicle was entered, report it, even if you don't see anything missing. It helps police for tracking purposes or if something is noticed missing at a later time. If you have any home surveillance systems, check them and let police know if you have any footage. So it's uh, hitting the hill towns now, I too. I guess so. Uh, scary. Small town America. Yeah, I know. A uh, trafficking weight of cocaine was seized in Springfield after an investigation into illegal activity at Johnny's Family Convenience Store. Well, Johnny dangerously had, or is that a pet store he had? He had, he a, had pet a pet store, store once. Once. <laughs> the uh, FIU, assisted by members of... Hey, 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 watch your mouth. F- FIU 2, there's two guys on the team, uh, and the safe unit uh, and the uh, canine uh, unit seized a large capacity firearm, more than $5,700 in cash, five mass DTA cards, and approximately 42.4 grams of cocaine, all to be won on the prices right inside Johnny's convenience store. Estimated retail value of everything was stolen? $50,000 to be won. Uh, my guess is $31,000. Try again. After several months of investigating illegal activity at Johnny's Family Convenience Store on Montmorency Street, uh, during surveillance on Thursday, detectives saw two people walk into the store and exit shortly after without any bags or items from the store. They then got into a, back into a car and drove away. At around 4.15 p.m., the traffic stop was conducted for that vehicle on Plainfield Street. The driver, identified as 33-year-old Calvin Rogers of West Springfield, was driving with a suspended license and placed under arrest. College of Knowledge class, mm-hmm. day one. Make sure your RMV documents are up to date. Yeah, you don't want to be driving around with a with a registration issue or, uh, you know, your inspection sticker is not up to date. Uh, the passenger, 34-year-old Alexander of West Springfield, was arrested after cocaine was recovered for him. I don't know how to pronounce the name, so I'm not going to. Well, Alexander was right. It, but it's Alexander. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. At around 6 p.m., FIU uh, executed a search warrant at Johnny's Family Convenience Store upon arrival. Yeah, they were. I already said that stuff, and they seized all that stuff. And uh, the name on Johnny's Family Convenience Store business certificate is Johnny Sustache. And as I said before, now it's Johnny Suspect. Yes, but with great Sustache comes great responsibility. <laughs> He'll, True. He's only going to get a criminal complaint for firearms and drug charges, and the reason for that is he's currently incarcerated and has open uh, firearms and narcotics oh, cases. Oh, okay. So this is just another just yeah. another day. When in Rome, right? Right. 
Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be cloudy with a high of 72 and then rain showers this evening into tomorrow with a high of 73. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Since the purpose of a roof is to protect what's under it. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 in Queen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Cloudy to start, then rain this afternoon with a high of 72. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 73. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. I, I actually say Queen and David Bowie, and of course I'm talking to his guitar player on the podcast, so make sure you listen to that. But uh, in the studio with us right now, uh, more importantly than any of that stuff, the uh, the new managing director of the open pantry is uh, Nicole Lucier. She's got the new job. She's in the studio. Congratulations, by the way. Good for Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Hey, thank you very much. It's yeah. nice to be here. Now, you, you have been at the open pantry since for 28 years, you said. 1995. Now, that's that's how long we've been doing the Mayflower Marathon. Well, I've been doing the Mayflower Marathon. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been with you since day one, just in different roles. All right, so let me ask you, because I'd rather, <laughs> rather yeah. get it from someone who may actually remember. Was the Mayflower Marathon one or two years before I got here? Because we're all kind of debating whether this year is number 30. Were you there for the very first one? Yes, I she was. was. All right, so that was 1995. I think it, well, it was 95 or 96. Uh, no, because I got here in 95. We did one in 95, November of 95. Oh, so the 95 was the first one, yes. Okay, but no, there was. No, it was, it was before that. It was? Before that. that it was? Yeah. 94? Oh, you're no help in this one. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I promise you, I'm going to go back in the Mayflower Marathon records, and I'm going to find the exact year it started. Good, because they're all excited that this is the 30th <laughs> year, which could actually be only the 29th. So yeah. we're well, trying to figure that out. Well, I'm going to my homework. Yeah. I will find that out today. I yeah. promise. And, you know, it, don't don't stress yourself yeah. because during uh, we sell we had a 10th anniversary party in our 11th year. So I mean, we're we're not. <laughs> we've had. We've had our company Christmas party in February. Yeah, so, he, he, really. he says the time wrong every morning. It's either 7.36 <laughs> or 8.36. Well, there's always a reason to have a party right. and celebrate, even I if totally it's a year off, right? I totally agree. Right. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's great to have you here. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you, you got the job. Um, you. It, well-deserved. But, you know, more importantly, you know, whenever we talk about the open pantry, we always talk about, you know, what – you know what the situations are uh, with the open pantry now. How where are things uh, right now? What what kind of needs uh, do you guys have? So I was talking to Mike Akers, who's the director down there at the food pantry, and he said there's about thirty percent of the food left from the Mayflower Marathon, which is awesome. Like really, still, there's still wow. a little bit left. Um, it's going a lot faster than other years, of course, but um, it. Uh, well, we also we also had a lot more this year than we normally yeah, do we, too. Yeah, we uh, yeah, kind of. It came in a little high, which is good. We yeah, always no, like no coming complaints. in a high. Yeah. No complaints. I have never seen so much food in that pantry before. The day that they unloaded it all, that was so phenomenal to see all that food. It yeah. was just awesome. And, and knowing that it's going to help so many yeah. people. Yeah. 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 But there but there are other needs more than just food. And even even if there are, you know, throughout the summertime. I mean, granted, the, the people are hungry all year long. Bad things happen to good people all year long, you know, to to people forget that you know you guys take donations all year long we do yes we do um and right now i think especially because food is so high I, i'm sure you both see it you go in the yeah. grocery store and you're like a it, bag of potato chips is it, 10 you bucks know, you know what it is yeah. it's it, the same grocery order week over week is you know 10 to 15 percent more every week 
it's, it's ridiculous. Re- it is. I went shopping yesterday, and I'm like, I can't believe what the bill yeah. came to, but like nothing in it. So I think if we all think about that, and then you think about people who really need our services, yep. our numbers are going to keep rising and rising and rising. So what else? Uh, what else has gone on over there? Um, so um, we had well last month we served at the food pantry a thousand and fifty four families in one month, wow. and it was two thousand three hundred thirteen individuals. Wow, that's a lot of that's people. a lot that's of people. Amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's and but that's that's why we do this to right. stock that's, these that's, shelves right. to make sure that those people and more people can have access to food that. Right. Should be, you know, should be a right to everybody have, uh, have you know, food. accessible food. Right. And I think, you know, now summer's coming. So all those kids that get free breakfast and lunch at school, they're going to be home. So, you know, if, if listeners have extra food laying around or if they are in their offices and they want to do little tiny, you know, food drives for us, we would love to have that if, if anyone can. I know food, it's hard, tough for everybody, but if there are people out there that could ever have a food drive for us, we would absolutely love it. You, you would never turn anything down, never. unless it was expired or just it, it was gross. Oh, expired. Yeah, we don't want any gross stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've dealt with that many, too many, many, too many, many, many times. times. And, you know, we, yeah. we still do when we always will, but that's just, you know, that's part of the game. But um, This is uh, Nicole Lucia, the uh, managing director of the Springfield Open Pantry. You know, when last November... You know, I, I, you know, last Mayflower Marathon was a, a pretty unique experience for all of us. For one, you know, we had to find a new place, and MGM was just terrific. And, uh, you know, we're in discussions already about what to do for next year to make it even better. And, you know, we're, I mean, we're already excited about about the prospect of doing it again in in that lot at, at MGM. And you got to see it firsthand because – you know, in, in years past, we've always we've always done well and it's always grown. And I remember when we were, you know, we were congratulating each other over just filling one truck. Yes. And mm-hmm. and now, you know, we overfilled three trucks. Each one of them was 15 feet longer than any other truck we had ever <laughs> right. done. It was amazing. It was it was it was amazing. As someone who has been, you know, in in the open pantry for as long as you have, you know, what we don't see are the reactions of people at the, at the pantry when they see what's been accomplished. Because not everybody can actually, you know, physically be at the marathon to right. to, to, right. to to do it. Well, how do people react when they see all that food coming in? The staff there are overly joyed because the worst part of their job would have to be to tell someone, "Oh, we don't have." macaroni and cheese today we don't have beans we don't have whatever you need so when all that food came in the staff that worked there were they had tears they were just so happy yeah. to know that they can give the people what they need who are at their love you know who are just really need it and and um have no other options at that time there's right. a there's a lot of other stuff that the open pantry uh services do tell us a little bit about what's uh, what's going on th- at this time of year so for the past 27 years, I've run the Open Pantry. It's a residential program for teenage mothers and their children. So we have that program, which is um, it's on Jefferson Avenue in Springfield. So that's a great program for teenage parents who are um, have nowhere else to live. We have an open door, um, a walk-in social service agency for people who are at risk of being houseless or homeless. Um, we have a low threshold program, which helps people get off the street who are homeless. We're doing a lot of work with getting people, helping them get off the street and house them um, mm-hmm. where they're at, taking them where they're at and how they are and, and working with them to get their life better. 
Are, mm-hmm. And are you working with other agencies too in conjunction yeah. with, you know, yeah. trying to get these folks help? Yeah, we always, yeah. we always cross pollinate as one of our staff says. <laughs> um, and then we also have um, our soup kitchen, which, or loaves and fishes, which serves um, seven meals a day. I mean, seven days a week, they serve lunch and dinner seven days a week. I was going to say, seven meals a day. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's going to kill all that intermittent fasting yeah. some people do. Yeah. But, uh, but, but all of these services, are do- there's a constant need for it and yeah. a constant need for donations. Absolutely. And again, you can make a donation by physically dropping off things, or you can make a monetary donation, too. Absolutely. We'll take either. We love either. There yeah. you go. You can also uh, check out openpantry.org to find out everything that the Open Pantry does. Yes. Nicole, it's great to see you. Thank you very yeah, much. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Nicole Lucy from uh, the Open Pantry. It's 8.58 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Want to know what?